Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about shame. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am a mental health registered inpatient nurse and professional content developer. So, shame. We've all felt it. And it certainly doesn't make us feel like we're on top of the world. However, I'd like to propose to all of you, a better way to sidestep shame. Some emotions cause an almost physical pain, and shame is one of them. I've heard people describe it as a knife in their gut or a gray blanket. A heavy gray blanket weighing them down. It's also lonely despite being a, a common feeling and part of everyone's experience. Shame can make a person feel as if they are the only one who has ever dealt with it. I have heard a lot of talk about leaning in to feelings uh, that you think of as bad, like sadness and anger, for example, and working on accepting them. And this is an important step. But other times, we just need to put difficult feelings aside, not indefinitely, so they're rejected or crammed down, only to bounce up again, but temporarily to override the constant pain that keeps us from functioning so we can get back to our day. Shame occurs when we do or feel something we think others will judge as very bad. This goes beyond listening to our own conscience uh, telling us we've done something immoral. It's more like carrying a nasty high school click in our brains, sneering at our every move and laughing at us. Either we heard someone judging us, such as a parent or peer, or imagined we did, and then we swallowed the condemnation just as you'd swallow medicine off a spoon. Now, we've absorbed the criticism, and we hear it so often in our minds that it becomes part of us, making it very hard to get away from. So let's now talk about how shame 
invades. Often, we can't even gauge if our shame is reasonable. Feeling ashamed of purposefully hurting someone makes sense, okay? It can keep us from acting this way in the future. So, in that way, it's a good mechanism. Feeling shame for accidentally tripping in public, however, now that's exhausting and unrealistic. It's linked to perfectionism. And I do have a podcast about perfectionism if you'd like to uh, get more information about perfectionism. So, as I said, it's linked to perfectionism and a false idea that people are judging us for every little mistake we make. I'll give you an example. We have a door at work where you need to swipe your card to to get in. Not only did I not swipe my card, but I was pulling on the door when the door should be pushed. And there was a gentleman at work who just decided he would try to shame me from for making that error and he said he saw me i i was trying to recover from that error try to trying to be perfect which i'm not so in that sense i learned uh, a great deal about the feeling of shame and perfectionism. So, feeling shame for accidentally tripping, as I said, in public, however, is exhausting and unrealistic. It's linked to perfectionism and a false idea that people are judging us for every little mistake we make. I have experienced that, as I just explained. Because we're all fallible and make mistakes, ranging from small tripping to large screwing up a work assignment, Feeling shame at every misstep keeps us from being confident and can severely, severely limit our productiveness, causing even more shame. So if we sit around in fear of what others may think of us, we become more timid. When that door incident happened with me, did I feel more confident? No, I felt more timid. 
more timid, not confident. So, as I said, it, it just feeling shame at every misstep keeps us from being confident and can severely limit our product our productiveness causing even more shame if we sit around in fear of what others may think of us we become more timid less likely to take risks and less willing to have adventures the apprehensiveness is one of the main barriers to happiness like every other feeling that drags us down shame can at times feel insurmountable but as with every other feeling we can we can control it so so i'm going to provide you with some tips about how how you can rise how you can rise above shame first thing analyze your shame ask yourself who the judge is do you really think your action was that terrible or are you imagining other people criticizing you for it if it's the latter who do you think is judging you did you grow up with a shaming parent and do you want to continue listening to that parent then ask a few questions do you care are these people whose opinions you value are these people whose opinions you value are you sure their opinions are so negative would you judge them as harshly if they did the same is there any way to check if they are truly criticizing you or if it's all in your head next have compassion and kindness for yourself Imagine what you would say to a friend who had done what you have done. Shower yourself with the kind of gentle loving you would give to a child. Turn the activities that make you feel more calm and cared for. And treat yourself even if, especially if you feel that you don't deserve it. also check your values this makes having compassion for yourself a little easier do you truly believe that people should be perfect and never make mistakes would you hold others to that standard 
If not, it isn't a real value of yours. There's a sample values worksheet to figure out what's most important to you. If you try this and discover, say, what you value, kindness, honesty, and generosity, check to see if the memory you're feeling ashamed of has violated one of these, what I call, core values. If not, then you can find some relief in knowing that you are living up to your own standards. Going back to our values makes it easier to see if we're judging ourselves or if the judgment is coming from the outside. If we have integrity when we know our values and live according to them, then there's nothing to be ashamed of. If we've violated a core value, then we know exactly where to make improvements. And then finally, talk to someone. Call a friend you know uh, who can offer the kindness you can't find within yourself. Find a therapist who listens without judgment. Surround yourself with understanding so that you can absorb it, copy it, and learn to give it to yourself on a daily basis. A part of you knows that beating yourself up is not helpful and it never leads to making you a better person. So try to stop the cycle of shame by reaching out and within. I talked about a sample worksheet and it's to find out what are your values, deciding what's most important in life. How would you define your values? Before you answer this question, you need to know what in general values are. Your values are the things that you believe are important in the way you live and work. They should determine your priorities, and deep down, they're probably the measures you use to tell if your life is turning out the way you want it to. When the things that you do and the way you behave match your values, life is usually good. You're satisfied and content. But when these don't align with your personal values, that's when things feel wrong. This can be a real source of unhappiness. This is why making a conscious effort to identify your values is just so important. So you may ask how values help you. Values exist whether you recognize them or not. Life can be much easier when you acknowledge your values and when you make plans and decisions that honor them. If you value family, but you have to work 70-hour weeks in your job, will you feel internal stress and conflict? And if you don't value competition and you work in a highly competitive sales 
environment? Are you likely to be satisfied with your job? In these types of situations, understanding your values can really help. When you know your own values, you can use them to make decisions about how to live your life. And you can answer questions like these. What job should I pursue? Should I accept this promotion? Should I start my own business? Should I compromise or be firm with my position? Should I follow tradition or travel down a new path? So take the time to understand the real priorities in your life, and you'll be able to determine the best direction for you and your life goals. Here's a tip. Values are usually fairly stable, yet they don't have strict limits or boundaries. Also, as you move through life, your values may change. For example, when you start your career's success measured by money and status might be a top priority. But after you have a family, work-life balance may be what you value more. As your definition of success changes, so do your personal values. This is why keeping in touch with your values is a lifelong exercise. You should continuously revisit this, especially if you start to feel unbalanced and you can't quite figure out why. As you go through exer- through life, bear in mind that values that were important in the past may not be relevant now. So, there's a couple of things here. The first step is to identify the times when you were happiest. Find examples from both your career and personal life. This will ensure some balance in your answers. What were you doing? Were you with other people? If so, who? What other factors contributed to your happiness? Step two, identify the times when you were most proud. Use examples from your career and personal life. Why were you proud? Did other people share your pride? If so, who who were they? What other factors contributed to your feelings of pride? Third step, identify the times when you were most fulfilled and satisfied. Again, use both work and personal examples. What need or desire was fulfilled? How and why did the experience give your life meaning? What other factors contributed to your feelings of fulfillment? And the next step, determine your top values based on your experiences of happiness pride, and fulfillment. Why is each experience truly important and memorable? Use the following list that I'm going to give you of common personal values to help you get started and aim for about 10 top values. 
as you work through, you may find that some of these naturally combine. For instance, if you value philanthropy, community, and generosity, you might say that service to others is one of your top values. So uh, a couple of uh, personal values that'll help you. Accountability, accuracy, achievement, adventurousness, altruism, ambition, assertiveness, balance, family-orientedness, excellence, perfection, piety, positivity, practicality, preparedness, professionalism, prudent, quality orientation, reliability, security, self-control, selflessness, humor, honor, humility, joy. Those are some words, equality, patriotism, vitality, empathy. So those are some of the words. And if you really look at those type of descriptors, you should be able to, to come up with something that is of importance to you. Does that make sense? You're determining your top values based on your experiences of happiness, pride, and fulfillment. And you just kind of put a list of common personal values to help you get started and aim for about 10 top values. Moving on. Prioritize your top values. This step is probably the most difficult because you'll have to look deep inside yourself. It's also the most important step because when making a decision, you'll have to choose between solutions that may satisfy different values. This is when you must know which value is more important to you. So write down your top values, not in any particular order. Look at the first two values and ask yourself, if I could satisfy only one of these, which would I choose? It might help to visualize a situation in which you would have to make that choice. For example, if you compare the values of service and stability, imagine that you must decide whether to sell your house and move to another country to do valuable foreign aid work or keep your house and volunteer to do charity work closer to home. Also, reaffirm your values. Check your top priority values and make sure that they fit with your life and your vision for yourself. Do these values make you feel good about yourself? Are you proud of your top three values? Would you be comfortable and proud to tell your values to people you respect and admire? And do these values represent things you would support, even if your choice isn't popular and it puts you in the minority? So identifying and understanding your values is a challenging and important exercise. Your personal values are a central part of who you are.
and who you want to be. By becoming more aware of these important factors in your life, you can use them as a guide to make the best choice in any situation. Some of life's decisions are really about determining what you value most. When many options seem reasonable, it's helpful and comforting to rely on your values and use them as a strong guiding force to point you in the right direction. This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.